This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Thank you, Lord. Do you trust him, saints? It's the most personal thing there is. It's between you and God, your heart and him. I'm trusting him for everything. I'm trusting him for my salvation. I'm trusting him that I'm going to heaven when I die. Is that right? I'm trusting him that my sins are forgiven and I'm washed clean by his blood. I'm trusting him to protect me down here in this dangerous world till I run my race and finish my course and get out of here. I'm trusting him to provide for me and enable me to pay every bill and meet every need. Are you trusting him, saints? Every day, every hour, what to do, where to go, it's a continual thing between you and him. Said another time, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, would you turn again to Isaiah? We looked at this last night. If you weren't with us, we'll review just a little bit. But um, we looked at Isaiah 1 and uh, 19 and 20. I want us to look at it again and continue on. You know, uh, expectation is tied to faith. And uh, Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And you could say that as well, according to your expectation. If you don't expect much, well, then it'll be according to what you expected. But you can stir yourself up and expect more. Do we have a big God? Does he have a lot of big things and good things for us? But we need to stir ourselves up to think bigger, expect bigger, expect more. And the enemy is, you know, is always trying to lie and, and confuse things. So, well, no, you just, you, you, that's being greedy. That's being greedy. You, you need to be happy with what you have. Well, uh, your overflow is your ministry. Nobody said you had to keep everything. Right? But the more you have uh, and the more ability you have, the more you're able to do for others and help others and minister to others. So you need way more than enough for you to minister effectively to others. Is it true? So we got to be we got to get to expecting more than just enough for us. Hmm? Expecting some excess, some extra, some lanyap. I'm close to Louisiana, right? Uh, huh? Anybody know what lanyap is? You don't know what lanyap is? Oh, that's a Cajun thing. That's extra. You know? If, you, if they put some etouffee on your plate and you say, give me some lanyap, that means another dip. <laughs> another scoop, lanyap. Lanyap's extra. It covers a lot of things. Uh, thanks be unto God. Isaiah 119, did you find it? He said, the Lord said, if, if 
you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, this is not an isolated verse. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, you can easily find multiple verses that say the same thing. We'll give you another one here in just a moment. But uh, a number of folks hear this and they get excited about eating the good of the land. And you should. But you don't want to rush past that first part. It starts with an if. So enjoying the good of the land is not automatic. It's conditional. Uh, other translations say it like this. Um, uh, the NIV says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best from the land. Uh, the BBE says, if you give ear to my word and do it, the good things of the land will be yours. The good things of the land. Now, we mentioned last night, sometimes people think, well, yeah, but that was an agrarian society. He's just talking about the crops. and Well, he's talking about more than that. He's talking about uh, their clothes and their houses and buildings and all came from, uh, you know, leather and wood and all. Well, still today, where does an automobile come from? It comes out of the ground. It does. The steel, where does the steel come from? Comes out of the ground. All the plastic and, and rubber stuff, it's it made out of oil products. Comes out of the ground. I mean, the leather on the seats is, comes from the cow that came from the grass that came out of the ground. Still does. And so he's just talking about the good things uh, that have, have been and can be produced out of the earth. The Lord wants his people to enjoy them but it's connected to us being willing and obedient to him. Because uh, uh, there is this constant thing of being covetous over things. And the Bible said covetousness is idolatry. It's a fact that things can mean too much to you and money can mean too much to you. A house can mean too much to you. A car can mean too much to you. Clothes, jewelry, you can think too much about it and focus too much on it. And if something uh, means too much to you, you'll go too far to get it. You know what I mean by that? You'll compromise. Uh, people are willing to lie. They're willing to steal. They're willing to hurt other people. And the Bible said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It did not say money was the root of evil. People misquote that all the time. Uh, what did it say? The love. Somebody said, well, the same thing. No, not at all. There's a lot of people love money and have none. Huh? They got no money and they dream about it and fantasize about it. They love money and are willing to be, you know, do criminal things to get it. Well, if you could love money without having any, why couldn't you have some without loving it? You can. The money's not the problem. The cars, the houses, the jewelry, the clothes, that's not the issue. Actually, the Lord wants you to enjoy these things. He made the earth. He made all the good things. 
He gave all the good knowledge to make all these things. Are you kidding? Human beings would have never figured out these things. <laughs> never on their own. God has revealed things and revealed things over the, the centuries. And people have learned how to do things. And he did not give this just for people who blaspheme him to enjoy. But the issue is, is he number one? Didn't he say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And the Lord said all these things, and he was talking about food and clothing and all those kind of things, he said would be added to you. But the difference is you're not chasing the things, you're pursuing him. And then he'll make the things chase you. Now the unbelieving world is chasing the things. They're chasing the money. They're chasing the, the material success. But a child of God that loves God and has put God first, they're not chasing the things. They're chasing the will of God, the plan of God. They're pursuing that. And the Lord said, if you'll do that, I will cause the things to come to you. They will be added to you. Do you believe that, child of God? In uh, the Job, it says it like this, Job 36, 11, It says, if they obey and serve him, talking about God, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Didn't say you wouldn't have any challenges, but you will get to enjoy. Uh, the Bible said he gives us richly uh, every, all kind of good things to enjoy. Uh, it's the enemy who has lied to the church because he knows uh, things are so important, money's so important to people that if they think they, they can't have any material things to serve God, they won't serve God. You know, I, I've had uh, people who were, who were called, had a call on their life to be a minister, sit across the desk from me and weep. And they had a call, they knew it, their father was a pastor. And they looked at me and they said, my dad is broke all his life, never had anything. And I, I just refuse to live that way. I don't want to live that way. I want to have some things. I want to do some things. And he thought he couldn't do that and serve God. So he refused to obey the call. He refused to pursue ministry. And last I heard, he was still trying to get rich through any means, you know, necessary. But that's not true. I mean, if it means so much to you that you're willing to do that, then you're disqualified from it. Because hmm? even if you thought you couldn't have, you still ought to be willing to serve God. Right? But the truth is, the Lord is a father. Is he? Go with me to Matthew 7, please. Any parents in here? Huh? Raise your hand. I want to see parents, parents, parents. How many of you, it blesses you, it, you enjoy seeing your children do without? Huh? And you don't want them to have, uh, you know, uh, nice things. As they grow up and mature, you don't want them to get a good house. 
You don't want them to get a nice car. You don't want to see them prosper materially and financially. Well, why would we think that our Father God's that way? If he's that way, that he, it displeases him when you have anything material and financial that's very nice or valuable, then he is out of keeping with all natural father and motherhood that we know anything about. Hmm? It's simply not true. All natural good fatherhood and motherhood comes from him. That's where you get it. And caring about your children, wanting to see them do well, wanting them to succeed, wanting them to enjoy things, that's from him. And he wants you to enjoy things. But he doesn't want anything to be more important to you than him. That's the issue. Not the money, the love of it. I know we taught a series a while back it's been a few years now, on God being the God of more than enough. Yes. Is he? Yes. Will he run your cup over? Yes. <laughs> uh, there's so much in the scripture about this. We got to talking about how that God gave Abraham too many cows, too many uh, sheep, too many goats, right? Do you remember that? He gave him and Lot so much livestock, the land couldn't contain them. Well, didn't God know how much uh, livestock the land could hold. He still gave them too much. And, and you remember when they, when they caught that supernatural catch of fish, they caught so many fish, the net broke and, and the ships were sinking. You remember that? That's too many fish. Wouldn't God know the, the tensile strength of the net? Huh? The, the, the gross weight that the boat could handle, uh, couldn't God give them exactly the amount to fill it, but not overfill it? But he didn't do that. He gave them too many, too many fish. Huh? The Lord is my good shepherd. My cup is exactly full. Huh? Wouldn't God know? To the molecule, how much was completely full but no more? Hmm? And, and he said, if you give, Jesus said, if you give, it'll come back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, completely full. Hmm. Running over. This is the nature of our father. This, we need to get to know him, who he is. He'll pour into your cup. And it'll fill up and it'll come over the side and you go, uh, it's full, it's full. He says, I know. And, he's keep on, and it's running off the table into the floor. You say, Lord, Lord, it's running over. He says, I know it. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? We need to not fight his nature. We need to not let people who are religiously confused talk us out of his abundance. After I taught on this, there was a, a mother said she came on her little child just a few years old and he was sitting in the floor pushing around a toy and saying something. She said he, she kept hearing him say a phrase over and over 
over and over. She thought, what is he saying? So she kind of came up behind him, and he was pushing his car and saying, uh, too much milk and too many toys. Too, <laughs> too much milk. Nobody had to convince him of it. Little one's spirit is alive unto God. You don't have to convince them that God wants them to have too much milk and too many toys and too many cookies. They will agree with you instantly. You have to be taught something else from this unbelieving world. Do you believe that your good father wants you to have way more than just enough? Is he the God of abundance? Yes. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life. The Amplified says that you might have life to the full until it overflows. Yes. That's what abundance, actually the Greek word that's translated abundance, it means more than, more than enough. <laughs> We're definitely talking about surplus here. We're talking about running over. And you'll see this in Matthew 7. Did you find it? Matthew 7 and 7, Jesus said, ask. So is it okay to ask for some things? Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, it'll be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives. He that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it'll be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Now, when you read this, almost everybody has no problem. They agree with this, and yet they'll turn right around, and preachers will say that you may ask God for something good, and he may say, no, in my wisdom, I know best for you that's going to be something bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be hard. Uh, it's a stone. But that's my choice for you. That's not true. He goes on to say, if he asks a fish, Will he give him a serpent, a snake, something that would hurt him, something that would kill him? Now, almost everybody would read that and go, no, no, that's right, that's right. And yet, Christians everywhere are believing that God is sending them bad things, giving them hard things and bad things when they're asking for good things. That's not what Jesus taught. He went on to say, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? He's telling us, don't you believe that religious junk? God is not different than the fatherhood, good fatherhood we know on the earth. He's the same way. He wants his children to be well off. He wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Is that right? He wants you to do well. He not only wants you to do well and have everything you need, he wants you to overflow with abundance so you can have to do for others more and more. Now, the reason I'm saying this and waving my hands, most church-going people don't believe this. They just don't. They believe something else. They believe religious ideas that people have come up with. But you and I can make our choice 
that we are not going to let the devil rob us. We're not going to just uh, exist. We're not just going to survive. We, and he, I'm telling you, in dark times like, you know, the, the COVID and the economic woes that have been going on, these times like this is when God shines. For people that are believing, he will show up and show out. I'm telling you, he will do some things. Why? Because it shows up so much. When other things are just crumbling and going down, he wants people to see there's hope. You can, if you'll come to me, I'll take care of you. And we need to be evidence of that in our lives. Watch about making excuses and accepting excuses why you can't have something, why you can't get something, or why you can't get it now, or not this year. No, I don't even think about it this year. <laughs> well, why? Because you think your job is your source, or you think the company is your source, or you think whoever's in office is your source, or the government is your source, or mom and dad is your source. As long as you believe that, you will be limited. But there is a source who is the only true source. Can you say amen? amen. And he is unlimited. Unlimited. And he will supply all your needs, not according to anything down here, but according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He knows how to do it. I know uh, Phyllis and I, in the early days of our ministry, we were believing for some things. And man, it looked like it was just, it wasn't happening. And the, the day came and went where we thought we needed it. And uh, I came in from school and Phyllis in from work and uh, she asked me about it, you know. Because we, we joined hands, prayed a prayer of agreement, and claimed at least that much money. We, we had to have it, we thought it. And so uh, she said, what do you think's going on? And I said, I, I don't know. I, I don't know everything, obviously. I said, uh, uh, I know this. God uses people. Do you remember the Bible said, give, it'll be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. So the money and the stuff you need, that kind of thing, it's down here and it's in the hands of men and women. And the way that, that God gets it to you is you believe him, you claim it, you lay hold of it, you sow seed for it, and he deals with people to give you favor, deals, opportunities, contracts, money, things. Didn't he say men will give into your bosom? You, you need to believe. In fact, you, you ought to say it out loud right now. Some people may have never said this. Are you a giver? Any givers in here? I want to see it. You, you have given. You are a giver. Then that verse applies to you. Say it out loud. I'm a giver. And according to Jesus, because I am, people are all the time giving to me. A lot of Christians, instead of saying that, you know what they say? Nobody ever gives me anything. <laughs> I work hard for everything. I you, you are disagreeing with the head of the church. And your words are stout. 
against him and against yourself. Never say nobody ever gives me anything. And some people, you know, are all mixed up in their pride. Oh, I, I work for everything I get. I don't want any handouts. And, and you've got bigger problems than that. You need to repent for that ugly pride. You wouldn't have anything except God gave it to you. I worked hard for what I got. Are you listening to me? What makes your heart beat? Silly? Whose air are you breathing? Who, whose gravity is holding your feet to the ground? You, you wouldn't have strength to get up and work. You wouldn't have a job to go to unless God was sustaining you by the spirit of life every millisecond. No. Give glory to God. Acknowledge your source and your help and understand this is one of the ways he wants us to all value and appreciate each other. And so he'll do things in ways you wouldn't pick. And he'll use people you wouldn't pick. <laughs> and he, he does it on purpose. He wants you to humble yourself and receive. And he wants them to reap a harvest off of sowing into you. And he wants to do the same thing with you, sowing into somebody else. But if you do that, uh, men are going to give into your bosom. And so we, we, Phyllis and I were talking about that. And I said, I don't know everything that goes on in this, obviously, but I know this. Where it comes to money and the things, people are involved. And anytime you got people involved, you got potential problems. Because people don't have to obey. Hmm? And sometimes God deals with people to do things and they procrastinate. And sometimes they procrastinate more. And sometimes people never do it. They never obey. I said, but God is faithful. And we're counting on him. And if he has to deal with somebody else, he will do it. And I, I mentioned a, a, a man that we, had, uh, we didn't know personally but a man that, a minister we respected, I said, I said, do you believe he could hear from God? Uh, yeah, yeah. I said, if God has to use him to bring it to us, he will. A week later, that man found me <laughs> and put money in my hand. My mouth was open. And when the man walked away, the Lord was saying, what you said about me is true. I will do whatever needs to be done. I will use whoever I need to use if you trust me. Can you say thank you, Lord? That's not our job, who he uses. We don't need to even think about that. But we do need to hold on to him and keep expecting and not give up and not quit. And through faith and perseverance, we'll inherit. Hallelujah. And if we don't give up, we shall reap. The scripture said, if we don't faint, we shall reap. Somebody say, I'm not going to faint, not going to give up, not going to quit, and I shall reap. I shall reap. You need to be as good a reaper as you are sower. It's not just all up to God. You need to use your faith to reap just like you use your faith to sow. In the... Whew. Uh, none of that was in my notes. 
<laughs> which is okay too. Um, go with me, please. I know you're there in Matthew now, but go over to Philippians, the second chapter. Philippians chapter two. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. You believing with me tonight? Hmm? Four people are. <clears throat> the Bible said this about Jesus. In Philippians 2, it talks about how he uh, got the name that is above every name. How the highest place of authority in the universe has been bestowed on him. And in uh, Philippians 2, um, 7, was 6, 2, 6, it says, who being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be, or some translations say being, equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. Said out loud, he humbled himself and became obedient. And it said, unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, now wherefore connects the previous statement to this one. In other words, because he did that, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every knee should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now I believe the Spirit of God is saying in these, these couple of days that we've been with you, this truth that you see in Isaiah 119, that if you are willing and will obey the Lord, you will experience good things that not everybody does. Because it qualifies you to do so. It qualifies and, and it, it allows the Lord to do for you what he doesn't do for everybody else. You might say, well, what do you mean allows the Lord? Isn't he God? He does whatever he wants to. Well, he doesn't violate his own word. He doesn't contradict himself. And he can't lie. And if he says this is the way things will happen, then he's not going to do things any other way than that. And also the Bible said he is known, and this is throughout the universe, for his righteous judgments. He is perfectly fair. He has never, nor will he ever do anything that is not right and just and fair. Boy, it is, it is absolute blasphemy to shake a fist at God and say, that's not fair, it's not fair, implying he's not fair. That, you know, if people weren't such babies, 
that it'd be more serious. A lot of times folks don't half know what they're saying. But that is maligning God's intrinsic character, who he is and what he is. Uh, the Bible tells us in Romans that there'll come a time, you know, and people are doing it now, when he is judged. You think, what, what? And that it'll be shown that he is true and every man a liar. That ever accused him of being unfair or untrue. Why? Because things will come out and everybody will see it and they'll go, uh-uh, God was fair. He was good. He was more merciful than you would have asked him to. He gave you every opportunity. Can you see this? Although there are people blaspheming and railing, they're doing it and they'll continue to do it, it will be shown and seen in time to come that they're the liar, that God was good. He was fair. He was righteous. And for God to bless you and use you and do things to you and for you and with you, good things, that most of the billions of the planet did not get to experience, he's got to be fair in why he did it. Can you hear this, child of God? He's got to to be justified in doing it for you, and he didn't do it for millions of other people. And the thing that gives him the right to do it is that you obeyed him (laughs) when they wouldn't. And you obeyed him further than they were willing to go. Can you see this? Now, this is not, you know, sometimes people holler, well, what about, what about grace, Brother Hugh? What about grace? I hadn't forgot about grace. We're not talking about you being saved or lost. Your righteousness is not based on any of your performance. No. Your righteousness and your, your being saved is not based on your works. But your reward is It is based on what you do. We won't all be rewarded the same thing. Not in this life and not in the next. And if you doubt that, you just haven't read your scriptures closely enough. (laughs) But if you would like to see more miracles, if you'd like to see and experience more of the reality of God, we're talking about it right now. Here is how. Here is how. Uh, Are y'all okay? Go go with me to, uh, to Luke, the sixth chapter and 46. Before we get too far into this, let's answer why some people make it through the storms of life and some don't. Luke chapter 6 and 46. Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not or you don't do the things which I say? 
If we don't do what he tells us to do, he's not our Lord. Maybe he's our Savior, but not our Lord. Many people, they've received Jesus as Savior, but the truth is they are their own Lord. They run their life. He said, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do what I, I tell you to? He said, uh, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and what? And what? Does them, I'll show you to whom he's like. He's like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock and when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, it could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Let's just stop right here. Many Christians, if you ask them in this story, what's the rock? They'll say Jesus. And that's not accurate. Y'all listening? What puts you on the rock? Not, not even just believing in Jesus. What put you on the rock? You did what he told you to do. That's what puts you on the rock. Is everybody listening? You, you see how subtle religious error is. The enemy's always trying to shade and twist things so that you can shout about it, but you do nothing. You know, you can read books, you can have conferences, you can take notes, but when the service is over, that's the end of it. <laughs> Until the next meeting or the next service. But everything we hear from him requires a response, right? Everything we see that he tells us we're actually supposed to, he expects us to do it. Do it. Act on it. Make a change in your life. He goes on to say, he that hears and what? Verse 49. Does it not? He's like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehement, vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Didn't say the man didn't believe in Jesus or the woman wasn't a Christian. Come on, can you see this? People think, well, that's just for unbelievers. It did not say that. What puts you on the rock? Doing. Somebody say doing. 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 What he said. That's what puts you on the rock. What left you on the sand? You heard it, but you didn't do it. Hmm? You heard it, but you didn't do it. Knowing isn't doing. Intending isn't obeying, is it? Something you got to watch out for. Yeah, I know that, I know that. Yeah, but have you done it? The Lord has dealt with us. You know, we're like your pastors and you've got some great pastors here. I guess you know that, right? Thank God for them. They are gifts from God to you. 
That is no exaggeration. They are gifts from God to you. Phyllis and I, we, we're uh, head pastors over two churches too. And um, something the Lord has dealt with us some years ago that he, he reminds us to from time to time, when people get into difficulties and they have issues in life, and, and they're part of the church, we're endeavoring to help them. The Lord has dealt with us, don't just tell them something. Seek me. Get from me first. And so a lot of times we won't meet with people immediately. Even though they may feel like they're in a big crisis. Why? Because they don't need to hear from me. Are y'all with me, friends? Or if we, if we do, we'll tell them, you know, we're, we're believing with you, we're praying, but, you know, until we get something from him, we don't want to sit down and talk for an hour about how bad it is. That helps nobody. Now, people want you to do that, but it's a mistake. And the Lord is faithful again and again. People that have been really hooked and people that have, you know, done what they need to do, the Lord will give leaders answers for them. He'll do it. But when he does, if, you know, they still are dealing with this problem sometime later and want to talk again, the Lord dealt with us. The first thing you ask them, have you done what the Lord gave us to tell you to do? Have you done it? And again and again, they have not. And if they have not, there doesn't need to be any more counseling or any more talking. Do y'all understand? Now, a lot of folks don't like it like this. They want somebody that'll, you know, cry with them and baby with them and, 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 you know, pretend nobody knows what's wrong for years. But uh, if you do that, it will wear you down. And you won't be in a decent shape to minister to other people yourself. And it also is misrepresenting the Lord when he tells you something to do. Though you may ignore it for 20 years, he will never change. And when you, if you'll come back to him and say, please God, what to do? You know what he'll say? What I told you 20 years ago. What are you going to do? When are you going to do something with that? What are you going to do about that? We need to hold ourselves honestly against the light of his revealed word and will and not pretend like we don't know. Because it does you no good to talk and talk and talk and no change and no results or to keep praying about something you already know the answer to. There's too much playing church. And it can be avoided if we'll be honest about what we know to do. How many believe what Jesus said? If you will pay attention to what he tells you to do and then you will immediately put it into practice and do it, no matter how bad the storm is. Huh? No matter how hard the wind blows and how high the water gets, will you will your house stand? He said it would. He said it would. And what if it's you're a child of God, but it just gets washed away? Whatever the problem is, well, you didn't do what he told you to do. 
because it's his will to sustain us all, all the time. All of us have come short in these areas. But let's quit playing around and procrastinating. And when we know what to do, hmm? <laughs> go to the book of John. Are y'all okay? John 2. There are answers here, child of God. There are answers. Do you remember the first miracle that happened in Jesus' ministry when he, when he was on earth? What was it? It was the turning of water into wine. It's recorded right here in John 2. Do you remember how it happened? Hmm? John 2, Jesus and his mother and the disciples were at this marriage feast. They ran out of wine. Jesus, verse 3, chapter 2, verse 3, turned, his mother turned to him and said, they have no wine. They have run out of wine. And Jesus said, woman, now this is, was a respectful term. <laughs> it was. The King ja between the English and the King James, it doesn't sound right to us. Woman. But if you look at the original language, it's respectful term. What have I to do with you? Now that sounds, th this whole phrase, uh, it's, um, it's a translation deal. One literal translation says, uh, you, you, you could say it like this, um, what, what to me and to you is a literal translation. What to me and to you. What does that mean? We might say it like this, what is that to us? Their party supplies. What is that to us? You might... They will laugh. Does that sound like Jesus? If you know him well enough, it does. And there's a real revelation here. There's a lot of stuff in life and with other people that's none of your business. <laughs> hmm? There's a lot of stuff you do not need to be sticking your nose in you do not need to be trying to change it. You don't, need to try to, you don't need to be trying to use your faith to believe for it. A lot of times, they never asked you. I had to learn this in the early days of, of, of my ministry. When I first began in the ministry, I thought through hearing other preachers talk that I'm a servant of the people. And basically, I should endeavor to do what anybody would ask me to do. If they want to counsel, then I counsel. If they want me to visit, then I visit. And man, I just about, you know, made myself sick. Going and doing. And one day, I was at the hospital to visit somebody because somebody asked me to. And I, I walked up to the door and stuck my head around and said, hi. They said, who are you? I said, I'm, I'm Keith Moore, I'm such and such. I don't believe in that junk. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, your, your sister asked me, I don't care what she said, blankety blank, get, get the blank out of here. <laughs> okay. And as I'm walking down the hall, the Lord brought to my remembrance, is there any sick among you? Let him call. 
for the elders of the church. Then let them pray. He said, they didn't call you. They don't believe in this. Didn't give you any opportunity or any access. A lot of things, even though we might care, it might touch us, a lot of things are just nothing to us. Unless the Lord says something to us about it, specifically, and if people have to give you access and a right to believe and pray for them concerning some things. That's why you're just, you know, you're, you're opposing something. God doesn't override people's will. And you can't. And if you keep trying to, you're just going to frustrate yourself and wear yourself out. And this can be heartbreaking, I know, because you, you want to see things happen for people and maybe you know what they need, but they're not open. You're getting a taste of what the Father's dealing with in the whole earth. He cares about people. He wants to help them. But if they don't want him, he's not going to make them receive anything. And so the Lord looked at her and said, what, what's that to us? But by the Spirit of God, she wisely turned to, to the, the servants, verse 5. Now, notice, this, this is not the disciples. This is the people who were serving at the party. She turns to them. She says, psst, psst, come here, come here, come here. Yes, ma'am. Sorry, we're out of wine. I know, I know, I know. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Why is this in the Bible, such child of God? Is this truly a big key to miracles? Huh? How do you get a miracle? How did the first miracle, this is significant, the first miracle in the ministry of Jesus, how did it happen? The stage was set when she turned and primed them to do what? Obey. Is that right? She primed them. She'd been around and heard enough to see and know a few things, and she primed them, get ready. And whatever, no matter, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm filling in now, but no matter how strange it may sound, no matter what, may, what he may say, just whatever he says to you, do it. Do it. And uh, obviously, the father said something to him because then he gave them the instructions about filling the water pots and then bringing and serving them in the party. And in the transition, miracle happened. The water was turned into wine. Glory to God. But it wasn't all up to God. There was a human involvement. God wants us involved in things. He wants us involved in our miracle, the one we need. He wants us involved. And, you know, for him to do some spectacular thing for us that he didn't do for other millions of people on the planet, how's he fair in doing that? What would give him the right to do that and not do it for everybody? It would be because 
different from most of the people on the planet. You, you paid attention to listen to him. You asked him what you should do. You sought his counsel and his will and different from most of the people on the planet. When you heard from him, you just... Huh? Prayed about it. Huh? You what? You counseled about it. Huh? You, you studied about it. There are so many substitutes for obedience because it takes faith to obey. Do, do you remember there's a famous phrase? You can go back there and look at it if you want to. I'll read it to you either way. But what happened with Saul back years ago? 1 Samuel 15. Do you, got, do you have a few more minutes tonight? Hmm? Well, if you've had enough, we can stop right here. I mean, if you say, no, I'm done, I'm done. I mean, we, we don't do this all the time, so, right? You came out, you combed your hair and everything, you might as well. Just get the whole thing, just load up. Is that right? Load up, load up. Why, why would the Lord have us minister on this? What's going on? Does he want you to see more? Have more, experience more, do more, right? Then you need to get primed, huh? Just like his mother, I'm here tonight waving my hands going, whatever he says to you, huh? Get ready, get ready. He's he gonna show you some things. He's gonna tell you some things and whatever he says to you, do it, do it, do it, do it. Not talk about it, not pray about it, not study about it, not counsel about it. Do, do, not, not uh, tweet about it. <laughs> Post about it. No. See, there, there are these myriad of substitutes for obedience so that you can feel like you're doing something without actually doing what he told you to do. And that's what happened with Saul and that's where this phrase came from that most Christians are, many Christians are familiar with. The Lord told Saul to go on a mission and defend and defeat an army and told him exactly how to do it and very detailed instructions and he didn't do it. He spared the livestock and the king when the Lord told him to get rid of all of it. And then when Samuel came to meet him, Saul leads with saying, I've done it. I've done it. I, I have done the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, I, what's these cows I hear? And I hear sheep and I hear, I hear goats. And what's these things I keep hearing? And he said, well, I, I did it. First Samuel 15, 20. He said, I, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord and I've gone the way the Lord sent me. But I brought Agag, you know, I saved him. And the people took the spoil and the sheep and the oxen and the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, but they did it to sacrifice to the Lord. <laughs> did he do what the Lord told him to do? Why? 
he had a better idea. This is a lot of good livestock here. And we, we will sacrifice it to the Lord. Whoo, big offering. And that's when the Lord said through Samuel in, in 1 Samuel 15, 22, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to hearken or pay attention, listen and do than the fat of rams. He goes on to say other things, but why is this such a deal? There are so many people. The Lord asks them for their time and they give money because they don't have time. He asks them to do this and they do something else as an act that I'm doing something for God, but that's not what he asked you to do. It's not what he told you to do. And people are willing to make extreme acts and indications that they're doing something for God and all the time they know that's not what he asked for. That's not what he said. He's a very exacting God. Very precise. Right? And never will you and I have a better idea than him. Never will our modification of his instructions be an improvement. Never. The Lord said to me some years ago, and I want to share it with you briefly, it's a whole conference, but that many people think uh, diligence is faithfulness. The scripture says in Corinthians, it's, it's important that a, a steward be found faithful. And one translation says, uh, instead of faithful, it says that a servant does exactly what their master tells them to do. Jesus did this. Have you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? He said, I come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. He said, I do always those things that please him. In the moment of trial in the garden, what was the prayer he kept repeating? Not my will, but your will be the complete submission, complete and total obedience. Every day, every night, there's not a better example to follow. Would you agree? This is Jesus but the enemy is the opposite. He is the rebel. He is the rebellious, defiant. You tell him to go up, he's going to go down. You tell him to go left, he's going to go right. You tell him do it, he's not going to do it. You tell him don't do it, he's going to do it. But you see him influencing people right and left. When God delivered his people out of Egyptian bondage, you see this very thing. He, he gave them opportunities to trust him. You remember when the, when the manna fell from the sky? What did he say? He said, don't save it. So what'd they do? They saved it. Huh? <laughs> then on the Sabbath day, he said, now you go out and, and pick it up. But on the Sabbath day, don't go out and get it. What'd they do? 
They went out and got it. I mean, time after time. He told them, go up and possess the promised land. But no, they went back to their tents and they cried and said, the, the giants are too big. We can't do it. And then he said, all right, we'll go back into the wilderness. They said, no, now we're going. <laughs> now you're laughing, but is humanity that different today? Why? Because the Bible said in Ephesians that the spirit uh, of, the, of disobedience is over the whole earth. It's lying in darkness, First John says. And you, I mean, you don't have to look far. Is defiance everywhere you look? Attitude, everywhere you look. Huh? It starts young, little ones. Little ones that barely know anything and you don't do what they want to do and they go, no, no. It's bad stuff. It's bad stuff. And if you don't learn how to resist that, it will ruin your life. He said, uh, to obey is better than to substitute something else. People think faithfulness is diligence. People think, well, you know, getting up early being willing to stay late, working hard, doing the very best you know how to do it, that's being faithful. It is not. It is not. It's being diligent. Being faithful is you do exactly what you were told, exactly the way you were told to do it. Y'all with me, friend? And will you encounter some opposition when you get down to that. Because people are always having a better idea. Now, I know, I know they said that, but, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years and I know what I'm doing and so this will be all right. That's unfaithful. God doesn't need people to do some big thing to impress him. He needs people that will listen to him and do it exactly the way he says. Exactly the way and the time and the place. Say what he said, the way he said it, and then be quiet. Do what he said. Do you, do you see Jesus like on those five porches of sick folks? He walked out there, he ministered healing to one man, and then left. Well, did God care about the rest of those folks? Absolutely. Why did he do that? He said, I only do what I hear my father say. I only say that. I only do what I see him do. Exacting obedience. And he was, he was obedient all the way to the death of the cross. Should we follow his great example? Huh? Faithful. Faithful. Whatever he says to you, do it. Don't add to it. Don't take from it. Don't change it. Don't come up with a better idea. Hmm? What? What? Do it. Do it. That's how you get miracles. I mean, when Peter needed tax money. Huh? Of all the thousands of things you could have done, what did the Lord say? Go, uh, go, go drop a line. First fish you catch, check him. Check his mouth. God wants us to have Miracles like this. He wants us to experience 
amazing things that nobody could have uh, foretold. And it'll only come about when we take those steps and you get up and he deals with you, call them, uh, go, go here, do this. And you don't know why, but you take that step. And then when you get there, you find out something else. And then it leads you to something else. Leads you to, and then a miracle happens. And you can't take credit for it because you didn't even know it was going to happen. Sure didn't know it was going to happen that way. But it's a sign. It's a witness. And how did it happen? Somebody said, well, faith. Yeah, but faith acts. Faith follows. Somebody say, I believe it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to John chapter 14. And I won't hold you too much longer, I don't think. No guarantees. I mean, we want to be led, right? What you want me to do? Whatever, whatever he says, right? That's what we want to do. You, me, all of us every time. Uh, John 14 and 15. This is such a powerful passage of scripture like all the word, but it's so, so many answers are here. What all real Christians are hungry for is an experience in the reality of God. Not theory, experience. And it's a fact that millions of people live and die on the earth and never, God is never real to them. They don't experience him for all all the evidence they think they have, there is no God. And they don't realize it's their fault. They're not experiencing God, not God's choice for them. Jesus, right before he left the earth, he reveals this in John 14, 15. He said, I'm reading the Amplified. He said, if you love me, you will keep or obey my commands, what I direct you to do. It's easy to say I love the Lord, but according to Jesus, the thing that shows whether you do or you don't is if you do what he tells you to. Now, a lot of folks don't like that. They think, well, no, you know me, I don't do what he says, but you know, he knows he knows my heart. Yeah, he does. <laughs> People say that like it's an automatic uh, proof that their heart is perfect and clear. He does know your heart. And intention is not the same as doing. It takes faith to do. It takes trust to do. And he said, he said in verse uh, 21, still in the Amplified, 1421, the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me and whoever loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and show myself to him. Do what? Do what? Show myself to him. 
the Amplified goes, you know, amplifies. It says, I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Who is God going to be real to? And more real to? Not people that don't even believe in him. And not people that don't care enough about him to do what he tells them to do. Who is going to who's going to have manifestations of the real presence of God in their life? Who's going to experience, not just talk about, experience God? People that really love him. Who are those people? Not everybody that says Lord Lord. We just got through reading that, right? Not everybody that says, oh, I, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, I love the Lord with all my heart, all of my heart. He knows I do, he knows I do. And then he tells you to do something. Ah, well, you know, it's just so hard. And, and you don't love him like you think you do. It's talk. These are not my words. These are his words, right? Who loves him according to him? Those who do what he tells them to do. That is the proof that they love him. And he goes on to say, Judas, this puzzled him. He said, Lord, how are you going to do that? That you're going to reveal yourself to us, but not to people around us, not to the world around us. How is it that we're going to experience your love and your presence and your reality, and people around us won't. And he basically told him the same thing. Verse 23, Jesus said, if a person loves me, he will do what? He will keep my word. This is the Amplified. He'll do what I tell him. And my father will love him. He just got through saying this. And we will come to him and make our home, our abode with him. And anyone who does not love me does not observe and obey my teaching. And the teaching, a word which you hear in heat, it's not mine. It comes from the father who sent me. Oh, friend, hear the word of the Lord. So many pine to experience more of God. And he didn't say the one that prays long enough or fasts long enough or studies long enough. These are efforts of people to make extreme sacrifice rather than obey. All of us have made mistakes in these areas, sometimes just out of ignorance. But he didn't say those who pray the most I'll manifest myself to are those that can quote the most scripture, are those that fast the most, are those that give the most to the poor. Are y'all listening? Do, do we need to stay with what Jesus said? What causes the difference between a person to whom God is not real at all, they never sense his presence, they, there's no reality of God to them in their life, and the person 
who God is so real to them, he's more real to them than human people that they're around. And in the morning when they open their eyes and they say, morning, Lord, and he says, morning, child, and it's real to them. And they sense his power. And they're filled with his spirit. And they experience miracles in their life. Tell me the difference. One thing. One did what he said. And he, he showed up. And revealed himself. The others, for whatever reason, they put it off. They waited procrastinated, months turn into years, forgot about it, and their life is dull and empty and fleshy. They believe in God, but it just seems like there should be more. That's because there is. We all are intimately aware of this already. We know it experientially. What do you mean? When a lost person hears the gospel, was this you one day? Was this me one day? A lost person heard the gospel, saw your lost condition, realized your need for Jesus, realized that what he had done for you and the spirit of God told you to do something. Is that right? What did he tell you to do? Respond. Is that right? Receive Jesus. Confess him as Lord. You could do it at home. You could get up and walk the aisle in the service. There are different ways you could do it, but he prompted you to do something. Is that right? And there any other people that were unsaved in that same situation, he was dealing with them too. You can count on it. And when you responded and you acted on that, you, you prayed the prayer, you lifted your hand, you walked the aisle, whatever you did, when you did that, did Jesus manifest himself to you? Oh, you know he did. Did, did he make himself real to you? Did you experience him and the love of God shed abroad in your heart. Oh, hallelujah. That's how this whole thing got started. It wasn't supposed to stop there. It's the beginning of a life of faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith. And, and all, faith is dead unless there's an action. The Bible uses a term in the New Testament more than once, the obedience of faith. We're not supposed to then just hold on till we die and go to heaven and look back longingly at that salvation experience that we had or same thing happened to many times when people have received the Holy Spirit or, and you'll look at every time whether it was a healing or some kind of manifestation, it's because... God dealt with you to do something and you did it. You acted on it and when you did, the power of God manifested. He revealed himself. He made himself real. And there were other people who heard what you heard and 
God dealt with them to, to move too, and they didn't. So what didn't happen for them? They didn't experience what you experienced. They didn't experience the real presence of the Lord. They didn't experience the love of God being shared abroad in their heart. And it wasn't because it was not God's will. It's because they chose not to obey. God's not unfair. It's not true that for some reason he has favorite uh, children that he just lavishes so much revelation and blessing on and uses them and other people we don't know why but it seems like he has ordained that they just be broke and miserable and, and just you know barely survive in life. It is not true. I said it is not true. I don't care where you are where you started, you can be in the worst place on the planet, you can be living in a cardboard box, you can be in a ditch starving, and if you will look up from where you are and call on the Lord, he will prompt you to do something. Huh? It can be as simple as confessing Jesus as Lord to start. He will prompt you to do something, and that is the moment of truth then he's not going to make you do it. It'll be you decide whether you do it or not. Oh, but if you're smart, you will do it. And when you do it and take that step, the Bible said he takes people from the dung heap, that's the garbage pile, and sits them with princes. He delights in, in showing mercy. He delights in doing things like this. And it's sad, but most of the planet will not listen to him. They won't. They won't listen to him. But those that will, he will never forget it. Amen. Hallelujah. He will never forget it. And those who will every day be willing to say, Lord, I'm yours. I am yours to command. Everything I have, everything under my hand, your will. What do you want me to do? Now, if you, if you really say that, you get ready. Because he will tell you some things and he will do some things. And the further you go, the bigger the steps are, the more faith it takes. Oh, but the greater the miracles that result when you do. Can you say glory to God? Do I have anybody in here that loves the Lord, loves the Lord? How do we know you really Love the Lord because you will do whatever he tells you to do. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, praise God, praise God. Let's lift our hands and thank him for a few moments. Lord, we worship you. We bless you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Go ahead, lift your voice. Don't, don't be silent. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We exalt you. We glorify you. We magnify your holy name. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We wor yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, Listen just a moment. Keep your eyes closed. Don't look at me. Sometimes in services like this, 
the Lord will show me things that he is doing or that he wants to do. And, and I, I call them out if I see it and know it. Uh, I feel prompted to do that right now. Don't look at me. Don't focus on me. But let's, let's all release our faith and our expectation. There are different needs in different people's lives throughout the room and in those who are watching online. The Bible said when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord turned his. Sometimes it's, it's easier for you to use your faith on something when you're not the one dealing with the symptoms. So close your eyes and I want you please pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want you to release your faith. When I say that, that means when we say amen, we're expecting the Lord to do what we just asked him to do and we're expecting it right now. So pray for the person. You don't have to have anybody specifically in mind, but the person in front of you or the person behind you. Say it out loud, Father God, I lift up my brother and my sister to you. Those in this room and those outside the room joining us now. And uh, we ask you, stretch forth your hand to heal and to work miracles and do great things and good things in their lives. We know it's your will. We're asking you to do it right now. Move by your Holy Spirit. Work by your holy angels in their bodies, in their mind, in their life. We ask you to do it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to thank Him. And most of all, expect Expect, expect. Oh, Kindala. Oh, Jenny Moon. Oh, Samba Weta Banda Nanjida. Yes, yes. Oh, Fialo Esnamakore Mane Brady Dindala. Dindala. Oh, just keep your eyes, keep your eyes closed. I perceive the Lord is healing backs, backs, problems with the back, in the mid, in the low, and in the high. In Jesus' name, backs be healed, be restored, be made right. Discs be restored, vertebra be regenerated, nerves be healed in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I receive it. I, I receive healing in the back. I receive healing. I receive healing. Now you're believing with people, not just yourself, but you're believing for anybody that has this, we, we receive with them, we join our faith with them, and especially if you've had any symptoms, you say, I receive it now. I receive healing power, healing anointing into my back. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Sing, sing this song with me. Just keep your eyes closed and focus on him. We, but all of us sing it together. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Everybody say, Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. And let's see, there's healing in the blood. There is healing in the blood of Jesus, there is healing in the blood of Jesus. There is healing in the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Just continue thanking him and continue expecting. Expect, we're expecting. Expecting. People watching online, people in the house, we thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. We thank you, Lord, for granting our request. Thank you, Lord, for stretching forth. Yeah, yes, Lord. Stretching forth your hand to heal. Uh, the Lord is healing hips, 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 and knees. Hips and knees are being healed. It doesn't matter. Even if that bone is completely worn out, whatever the case might be, the Lord made the body to begin with. He is the healer of the body. I, we speak to you. Put your hands on your hips. You're joining faith with those, whether you think you need it or not. Uh, hips, we speak to you. Knees, we speak to you. Be restored. Be healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be loosed from every binding and restricting thing. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Bone and ligament and marrow and tissue be healed, be restored, be made strong again and whole again and recover full mobility, full motion, full action in Jesus' name. Now, if the Lord speaks to you to to bend your knee or to move something, then move it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Move it. The Lord is healing hands. He's healing hands. If you've had any kind of accident or damage or if you've had uh, uh, nerve damage or if you arthritis or, or that kind of thing that has, uh, has affected your hands, the Lord made hands. He heals hands. Hold up your hands and say, I receive healing. 
in my hands, in my fingers, in my wrists, in my hands, go. Every hindrance, every restriction, everything that ought not be there, stop, leave, be gone in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, let your healing anointing flow into the hands and wrists and elbows and shoulders. Be healed, be restored. Somebody needs to move their arms. Somebody needs to move that. When the Lord deals with you to do something, don't hit somebody, but move it. Move, move your arm, move it, move it and receive healing. Move that hand and receive healing. Move those fingers, receive. We're not, we're not going by what we see or feel. We believe and we receive by faith. By faith. And the change happen fir happens first inside. Then it shows up outside. That's how it works. That's how it works. Oh, thank you, Lord. Go ahead and thank the Lord some more. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Yes, Lord, I see that. Yeah, we, we thank you. We worship you. We exalt you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Uh, put your hands on your stomach. The Lord's healing stomachs also. Uh, uh, stop saying you have a bad stomach. Stop saying you have uh, problems with your digestion. Stop saying you can't eat this and you can't eat that and this hurts you and that hurts you. Your words have been stout against yourself. But receive the healing of the Lord right now. Said out loud, I receive the healing anointing into my stomach, my throat, my large intestines, my small intestines, my entire digestive system, I receive healing anointing, healing power working in me now. Oh, thank him and pray in the spirit. Go and pa, kina na, no sambaronde, veil us, veil us, veil us. Velas, terra sota velas, terra sota velas. Don't say you have a sensitive stomach. Don't say you have a sensitive system. Quit confessing you have all these allergies. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. You don't have to be restricted. You don't have to be limited. Koe brino shanka leto Pinda mancha voezo, 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 voezo. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Koe haro penny, koe haro penny. Just keep your eyes closed. The Lord's anointing is here to heal and deliver from torment, torment and guilt and shame and terror. People have been bothered by past mistakes and they, they've had nightmares and, and they've been vexed and tormented with clouds of 
confusion and heaviness and depression. This is all the manifestation of evil ones and darkness. And you, child of God, have been delivered out of all the power of darkness and translated and put into God, the kingdom of God's dear son. You do not have to have this. You do not have to. But you have to do what he told you to do. You have to believe that you're forgiven. You have to receive your forgiveness. You must cast the care of these things over on him. You must do, 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 do what he told you to do. You must keep your mind stayed on the things he told you to keep your mind stayed on. You must cast down every imagination and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You must do, you must do what he told you to do. Put your hands on your head. Say it out loud, I receive the peace of God that passes understanding. His peace is mine. He gave it to me. I have the mind of Christ. He didn't give me a spirit of fear. That's not mine. I don't have to have it. He gave me the spirit of power, love, a sound mind, a sound mind, a sound mind. Fear, get out of here. Depression, go, leave me. Heaviness, confusion, I resist you. Leave me in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Things are happening. Things are happening. But it is so important, child of God, that you don't go home and yield back to the same stuff. Don't let it back in. You've got to keep doing what you did here tonight, and you must do what he said. Oh, koe prasa. Lift your hands and thank God. Let's thank him. Thank him, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for delivering. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for restoring. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening and making right again and making whole again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Lord's still healing backs. In, in the middle part, he's still healing. Thank you, Lord. Don't, don't think it can't be healed. It doesn't matter what got it that way? It's not bigger than what the Lord can fix. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. We receive Uh-huh, uh-huh. Koi, basha, keta, dana, mansa, mente choi, krepa, yeluk, nene, texa. The Lord's power is here to heal internal organs internal organs and glands. Koe manche. No matter how badly your heart may have been damaged or how badly your lungs or your kidneys or your liver. So some people say, well, I, I drank half my life, so I've, I've destroyed it and, and now I sowed it. I have to reap it. Not if somebody else reaped it for you. And that's what Jesus did. If you'll believe it, he'll heal your liver even though you're the one who destroyed it. He will heal 
your body part, even though you, you abused drugs or whatever you did and caused it to be that way, if you'll believe his love enough, just say it right now, I receive the mercy of God and the grace of Jesus. I receive the healing anointing, healing power into my internal organs, into my heart, into my lungs, into my kidneys. Koenechi, Gedevina. Kidneys are being cleansed right now. Kidneys are being cleansed and healed. Say it out loud, into my liver into my glands, into my blood, I receive healing power. I receive healing anointing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I receive holy healing power. Koli, yende, zenna. Just believe you're receiving it. Believe with others that they are receiving it. Some, somebody felt something in their left hip right then, right then. You need to move that hip. Healing is manifested right there, right there, right there, right there. Oh, and Kanye and the hands. Healing is manifesting in the hands, in the hands, in the hands. We receive it, Lord. We call Marok, we long blande, menum klusha. Manda fiera, manda fiera, manda fiera, o fiera, os nombrera, ine kisneta, ine prognalase, ninka, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Kewamate, lay, lay your hands on your head again. The power of the Lord is here to heal and restore chemical imbalances to make them balanced again and right. No matter how it got that way or why, the mercy of the Lord covers all of this. Said out loud, I receive healing anointing, holy healing power into my brain and my body Chemical, chemicals throughout my body be balanced, be normalized, be corrected, be stabilized, be, that was it right there, be healed in the name of Jesus. Oh my, 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 my. Come on, thank him for that, saints. Okomawo. Creso sonto, preno dilas, nam prapate, de se codo, nenim bele, manatana, mendecese, nondo dosho, nanga de de, leno soto fa, mangro binda yete. You don't have to be limited in life. You don't have to be restricted in life. He wants you to have good things and enjoy the good things. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. More, frelo, kina, sada, goe, fino, sotro. 
Now keep your eyes closed again just a moment. I, I, do, I say that so, so you don't focus on me. Don't look at me. Arepenis, nalakoste. It's important. Going forward from this night, good things are happening and will continue to happen. While people sleep and when they wake up in the morning and tomorrow and throughout the week and the weekend. But it's imperative that when the Lord prompts you, do this. Don't do that. Do th that you do it so that you don't lose ground and so you don't give the enemy any place. It, it, the power of God is connected to faith. Faith is re released in obedience. And so the Lord is always, the Spirit of God's always endeavoring to show us things. It seems small and unimportant to people that don't pay attention, but there's nothing he shows us that's small and unimportant. Things that he'll tell us about do that, don't do that, eat this, don't eat that, stop now, quit and go to sleep and get some rest. All kind of things like this, we must pay attention so as not to lose ground and give place to the enemy. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. To your will and to your way. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, just like Jesus, he always said, yes, Father. Yes, Father. Every morning, every noon, every night. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. He never said no. He always said yes, 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 yes. And we follow in the steps of the master. And we say with the master, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 You can open your eyes. I want to see with an uplifted hand. You can already tell a difference in your body somewhere. Something. I, I, I know it. Look at that. Look at that. Hand. I know it. I know it in my spirit. Oh, glory to God. Now let's just stop right now. We, we, did, did God make himself real to us? Yes. Did he manifest himself to us? Yes. In response to what? Hmm? Whether it was me saying what he prompted me to say, doing what he prompted me to do, or whether it was you, right, responding, doing what he told you to do, that's when something's manifested. Amen. Too many times folks have been waiting on God, waiting on God, waiting on God, and he's been waiting on us. Thank God for truth that makes you free. Let's lift our hands one more time and thank the Lord. Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the multitude of your mercies. Thank you for being so gracious to us, so faithful to us, so kind to us, so good to us. You are our healer. You said out loud, Lord, you are my healer. You are, you are my healer. You are my great physician. You're my deliverer. You're my restorer. You're my need meter. You're my peace. You're my joy. You're my Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, boy. What a wonderful night. We're so glad that you're here. So, and I really believe people online got blessed as well, just, just watching online.
And uh, for some of you, this is new, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> There's a phrase I like. Uh, I heard a, a guy saying that in that movie called The Chosen. Get used to different. <laughs> this is different, but it's awful, awful good. Listen, if you want to, if you want to, uh, to bless Keith's ministry, we're going to do uh, just as we walk out tonight. We're going to do just a walk-off offering. And that is, there's some offering envelopes. If you'd like to give by check, you can make it out to the ark. We'll make sure all of it gets to him. Or you make it out to his ministry. Uh, there's also a way they'll put up on the screen where you can give online. And if you'll note Keith, we'll make sure all of this gets to him. Let's just do one thing, though, before we leave. Sometimes we assume that everybody knows the Lord. Sometimes people come in and they know they need to get right. And they need to, to get back. And if, if you've been here this long... You, you, you might as well go ahead and jump in. So let's uh, <laughs> let, let's just let's close our eyes. And I'm going to lead you into prayer. And if you're if you're at home, if you're by yourself, say this out loud. If you're around others, you can say it quietly. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior, and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. What a wonderful prayer. Guys, we love you. Hope you have a wonderful time. Drive safely. And uh, for those of you who are at the Ark, we'll see you Sunday. God bless. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about the Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.